Welcome to the BSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast. It's the Thursday, the 30th of June, the end of H1. I think there's a lot of people who are going to be very glad it's the end of H1. It's been a horrendous last six months. Um, the stock's crashing left, right and centre as we speak today. The market's off 160 points. Feels like worse than that, though. Um, it's getting pretty grim out there. What a way to start a podcast. Phil, what do you think? I agree with your sentiments. Um, yes. I'll be pleased to see the end of June and July. Yeah, and of course, it's tech and transitional energy that has really, really been hit hard. Um, I mean, you know, there are numerous stocks, um, you know, down over 90%, particularly those that like Kazoo that went for a SPAC. I read this morning that Kazoo, I think it's down 91% since it floated into that SPAC. Uh, That's not exactly a great success, is it? Uh, and we've obviously had um, some pretty difficult uh, situations all over the place. Now, um, I'll just start off a little bit. This week, I actually went over to um, Brussels for some mussels and chips. I did have mussels and chips, actually. They were bloody good as well. Mm. Uh, but I was actually there for the International Flow Battery Forum. Uh, and of course, this week, we also had Invinity Energy Systems uh, results. And this is a stock that obviously has been uh, pretty heavily battered, but actually pretty much in line with the sector. So a lot of people get a bit cross that it's down so much. Um, but it's actually really come down with the sector. And take my word at the International Flow Battery Forum, which was fascinating. Was, I met some really interesting people. There was, um, you know, a, a, the total feeling was that this is an industry that is tantalizingly close to um, going ballistic. We've just got a few hurdles to get over, but they are hopefully getting over. And I know it takes time. Everything just takes a little bit of time. It always does. Uh, if anybody wants to talk to me, I'm not going to tell you everything that happened to the IB, IFBF, but if anybody wants to talk to me about some of the things I learned there, such as, for instance, uh, and this was the interesting one, Largo, who are a mining company for vanadium, but they also have Largo Clean Energy because they bought Bionics out of receivership. And so they have a battery company. And they are just about to float um, LPV, which is Largo Physical Vanadium, as an ETF, which Sprott is funding. And that takes away the cost of the vanadium in the vanadium flow battery. Because what they say is that you buy the ETF of vanadium and they basically store the vanadium in the battery. So there's no cost to the vanadium going into that battery. If you do that, for instance, with an Invinity battery, today you would remove 33% of the cost. With the Mistral product coming out of Siemens Gamesa, you would remove 50% of the cost. You do that, you're becoming cheaper than a lithium-ion battery, as well as being significantly better. Um, it's an interesting concept. Whether it will take off, I don't know. But there were a lot of other people I was talking to who were putting forward ideas of basically how to remove the cost of the vanadium. It, it's quite an interesting situation. Uh, the infinity numbers themselves, well, you're the analyst, Phil. Um, you know, what do you think of them? Uh, key, the key takeaway for me was that they, um, the backlog of, they've got a backlog of about £14 million. Most of that should be for delivery within this year. Um, they had closing cash in May from memory about £18 million. We're projecting year-end of about £10 million. So they've got, they've got, you know, the cash is there. Um, they've, they've got an order box. Um, and also they are, you know, it's potentially a very large, uh, government project that they are competing for the loads project so there are you know it is it is a it is a tougher it's been a tougher time 
um, for them. They've also got the industrial partnerships as well. But it is one where, yeah, you know, you know, they have to compete against lithium. They're doing things to bring the cost down in the products. But and it's a fantastic end market. But it's, uh, you know, patience is required, as we said. Yeah, look, I mean, one of the points is they reported a year-end cash position. I think it's just over £26 million. Obviously, yeah. uh, six months has moved on from that. They do mm-hmm. burn cash. I think it's at just over a million pounds a month. But yeah. that does show that actually they've probably got more runway than people realise. They yeah. could quite easily keep going until the end of 2023. Uh, and there's a lot going to happen in that time. So I think people are overly worrying about the cash position. Uh, and also, I think it's worth bearing in mind, I can't remember if you mentioned this on a podcast or not, um, but I've certainly been telling my clients, reminding them that on... Uh, June the 14th, a bill was passed and it has actually been enacted in California and $385 million has basically been put forward for subsidies into long duration energy storage in California, of which about half of that is intended for non-lithium. That is one hell of a lot of money uh, to be deployed and to subsidize these batteries. Let's just keep our fingers crossed. We are absolutely, and look, the you know the the terms of the the terms of the storage market. I mean, these things are you know, definitely not going away. Quite the opposite, even in uh, toughened economic times. I don't know if you saw uh, this week an announcement from Ofgem, UK regulator, and they're planning to invest twenty point nine. I don't know, get the point nine, twenty point nine billion in upgrading uh the uk electricity networks over the next five years which is a relatively short period of time and this is to boost grid capacity and quote improve resilience and prepare the grid for a growing influx of green energy over the coming decade and beyond so you know clearly even in the uk huge capital investment is going into the to the grid and and yeah storage is part of that uh it certainly is um but it's also Still a nightmare out there in the market, isn't it? Have you got any good news? Give us some good news. Have any good news you want to tell us? I got some good news. Well, yeah, of course there's, 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 there's bits and bobs of good news in the market. Look, people are, people are still doing things despite uh, despite market conditions. So uh, I saw a nice announcement from Teva Trucks, uh, based in that they're developing a hydrogen fuel cell. Um, truck is a hybrid one. It's got hydrogen and battery electric. They've been uh, they've received investment for that about fifty seven million dollars investment. Rolls Royce is entering hydrogen production market, and they bought a stake in electrolysis uh, electrolysis stack specialist. Uh, so you know people are people are going ahead uh, with things. Uh, not announcement from Series Power saying it's going to be working with Shell on developing uh, electrolyzer technology. So. You know, but bigger bigger companies are looking ahead and trying to see through uh, the current <laughs> the current uh, tough situation. So those are some little gems that that's, I spot. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. But I think the stock market is taking the brunt of all of this. Uh, you know, we discussed private equity last mm-hmm. week, I don't know, but I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things going on with big companies and private companies, family offices looking at these things. It's just the stock market. Is sort of you know that tip where you get these huge reactions, uh, and it's sort of cu- making everything a little bit unusual, should we say? It's also been a bit of a, I mean, just recently our whole picks and shovels concept has taken a little bit of a bashing. Probably we, we I know we spoke about uh, Techmar a couple of weeks ago. Then last week on Friday, Lamprell said, look, you know we've got a problem and we've got a bid, but it's way below the current share price, and that stock 
took quite a hit. Um, we've talked about uh, James Cropper last week. I mean, you know, they're doing all the right things, but even in this market, they're getting hit. And then, of course, um, it was on Tuesday, whilst I was in Brussels, Pressure Technologies came out with their figures, didn't they? And I mean, the figures actually, although, you know, they're very second half orientated, um, yeah. but the market doesn't have patience in second half orientated situations, does it? No, not not at all. And they really, you know, if companies have got a cash cushion, I just remember all of this in like 2009, you know, post Lehman's, if a company has got a decent brand, great customer base and a cash, you know, a reasonable cash cushion, you should be looking closely at these damn things when they're getting sold off. Not, you know what I mean? Not joining in the party. It's like take the potential opportunity in there. I mean, yeah, I mean, there is and the pressure technologies. Actually, they're, they're not in a bad position at all. And if you're going to have a hydrogen economy, you have to have storage and they have unique um, capabilities in, in hydrogen cylinders for storing where you have to store it, you know, like 700 bar. Um, so yeah. I, I don't think those, I mean, look, I, I don't know what you thought. I thought the figures that obviously they were disappointing in as much as people want everything to now. They don't want to wait for tomorrow. I mean, if, you were pretty happy with the figures, weren't you, in the long term? Well, yeah, yeah, because this is a company that also has big exposure to defence in nuclear submarines. Um, and these are very, very, there's a large lumpy contracts into the dreadnought programme. So it's a business that is going to be around, Andrew, uh, because it's strategically required as well. Uh, and the defence business is, is, you know, is, is pretty profitable for them. So that's why I'm probably, you know, reasonably, reasonably happy with that one. Yeah. Yeah. And look, the precision engineering, which is where they've had a few issues, you know, it's highly exposed to the oil industry. And the oil industry is ramping up at the moment um, because of the oil price and the situation in Ukraine. So they've got a lot of things going well for them. I think sometimes, you know, the markets so often forget things don't happen overnight in industry. They take time. You have to be a bit patient. Um, Unfortunately, stock market investors often aren't quite patient enough. Well, whereas private investment might be. However, I mean, I, I also, funds are a bit different as well. If you, I don't know if you saw uh, your green coat renewables, uh, tickers GRP, uh, we discussed this one before, um, and they invest in what they call euro denominated assets uh, in renewables. I think it's primarily kind of solar uh, wind generation. Now, they, they did a placing in March this year. So just three months ago, and they raised 280 million euros in oversubscribed placing. Um, and they've just announced again, looking ahead, investing, uh, and they're acquiring 134 uh, megawatts uh, wind farm in Sweden. And they just they just announced that. Now, if you look at their share price, and this is a, this is a, they they generate electricity as well from their portfolio, so they'll certainly be doing well out of that. But if you look at that share price, that's running pretty well. Yeah, look, I mean, I'll tell you the other thing. I think we're going to see some of these uh, businesses where they've been smacked by the stock market, just getting taken over by big companies who've got strong balance sheets, and say, "I'll pick that up as a bargain." Uh, the IPO market is pretty much shut at the moment, so we could have a very rapidly shrinking stock market. Um, just because companies are going to get taken out, none new ones are going to get floated, uh, and we're going to end up with just a handful of stocks being quoted and far too many investment banks trying to act for them. But we're not worried. VSA also had their results this week, believe it or not. Nothing to do with tech, nothing to do with transition energy, but it's obviously close to my heart, and it should be to yours, Phil. Uh, and we put out our results. They were actually pretty good. And uh, my statement said that we were cautiously optimistic um, because we have got some very interesting deal flow, um, which is 
not necessarily stock market related, um, but obviously it's not done until it's done, so we have to be cautious. <laughs> I have nothing to add to that statement, Andrew. I'm, I'm glad you haven't, because you're not running the company, I am. Right. <laughs> anyway, back to tech and transition and what we need to talk about on this podcast. Tell you one, actually, I do accept that I'm, I'm a little bit out of touch because I've been flying around, getting stuck in, in Brussels airport because they couldn't run up in a brewery. Um, and uh, But I did notice that Forward Partners, um, which is a sort of seeding of, of early stage um, tech businesses, very similar to the one that we floated called Superseed. Uh, they had actually bloody good figures today. Uh, things are going pretty well for them, which obviously is, you know, in contrary to um, share prices and stock markets. Um, but they were able to say really quite positive things, and there was pretty good growth in the, the value of their businesses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, it's, isn't it amazing? I think things that are collectives, if you like, seem to be doing or getting a better stock market response than individual companies that are coming out with a with a tougher situation of course that's because they'll, they'll have a more balanced, probably you know balanced portfolio you're not looking at one company per se but there are, there are as i say you have gotta look closely in these situations and look more deeply um at things not take it all on the kind of you know screen of red value and everything's depressed far from it but again the, the thing about forward partners is i mean they've just come out with some you know in my view pretty good results and actually in fairness the market marked them up 2p um, but, you know, this was floated um, actually only about a year ago at a pound. Uh-huh. Market liked it at first, went to 120. Here we are today, 47.5p. The value of their portfolio has actually gone up. The stock has more than halved. Where is the logic in that? Uh, none. And that's actually, if you read the RNSs, you know, every day we are seeing more and more share buybacks from companies because the companies are looking at it and going, you know what? Even with all the uncertainty out there, even with interest rates going up, our stock is too cheap. Damn it, we'll just buy some back. Yeah, you can't look. You can't blame them. And they say, and it's always hard for companies to judge what their share price would be. But you can see, you can see now the the kind of logic in it. Or as you say, the alternative is they'll get taken out, especially ones that have got good IP in there, good tech in there. They'll get acquired. Mm. Oh. Anyway, that was one I saw this morning. Uh, what else you got, Phil? Uh, well, they're solid ones. Uh, AFC Energy. Uh, Tickers AFC, market cap, 150 billion. Uh, fuel cell tech company. They had interims. Uh, their shares are down like 56%, I think, year to date. Um, and they were saying they've got an agreement with uh, ABB and they've had first orders from them. Uh, for four million pounds, and they've had an initial payment. They announced the results from from ABB. Uh, they also, I think, said that they've uh, got an agreement with Care Group. Um, so, sort of first thing, release of one of their power systems. So, a little bit of progress there for for AFC. But again, you know, in, in line with a lot of sort of fuel cell hydrogen related, has seen share its share price quite heavily impacted. I'll tell you what else I saw that was really interesting. Something I wasn't able to attend because I was doing, unfortunately, attending other things, but there was the Financial Times Hydrogen Summit in London. Um, and there was something really interesting. And this was a statement. This was from the CEO of Norway's company called NEL, N-E-L, and Graham Cooley, CEO of ITM Power. Uh, so both involved, I think, with the electrolyzers. 
Um, and they were saying that electrolyzed production capability is ramped up, ready to go, uh, and more factories are possible within a time frame of 18 months. But green hydrogen developers must commit hard cash to their projects if they want more capacity. Which is, and they were saying that uh, it's exacerbated by the EU's decision to raise its green hydrogen target to 200 gigawatts by 2030, but still waiting more news on funding in relation to all of that. So, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was quite interesting. Look, I mean, going back to ASC, there's really only one line you need to, to look at. This obviously was interim to the end of April. Uh, half year cash was at, was 48.6 million, yeah. um, which, you know, they've done some very successful fundraisings at very high prices. Uh, they did lose eight and a half million pounds in a half. So if you multiply that, that's a 16 million. Not, I'm not saying that's correct, but I haven't got a, a forecast. Um, so, but I mean, even at 16 million, you've got three years worth of cash there to burn through. I'm sure it won't stay at 16 million, by the way. Please don't write in and say that I've said something wrong. Um, and I don't want any legal letters. Um, but the bottom line is they've got enough cash to, to, to last for some time. Um, and that's at the moment in transition energy and with the fuel cells, yeah, all the flow batteries, it's really how much cash have you got? How long can you stay in the game? Because at some stage, clearly there will be winners and losers. And if you've got a good cash pile, that helps. But they they raise a lot of money at very high prices. The stock obviously has come back down from nearly 90p to 20p. And that's what I'm saying. You know, it's obviously in line with some of all of this space has been just hit so hard. Um, but yeah, that's the key bit you need to look at at AFC. Yeah, absolutely. Now, ITM have clearly got big cash resources as of series power, which we uh, which we mentioned. So they're very well financed. And, and yeah, I mean, looking at any company at this period of time, it is about, to be honest, it is about the cash, cash generation and what resource that they've got. Uh, they've got ahead because clearly, you know, the equity markets is going to be more difficult to raise. And of course, we've, well, we've got to see how banks react as well to circumstances and what they start to charge for, you know, funding ahead. Yeah, it's going to be uh, to be interesting. That, good. Well, well, not good, but I mean, I... <laughs> yeah, you know, we, are, um, we are where we are, as they sound. We are. And, and you know what? Sometimes when it things look at their darkest, which probably some investors today looking at their portfolio are thinking, oh my God, you know, are we nearly there? That's what I say, are we nearly there? Because, you know, this market has just been so horrendous and it keeps going on forever. It's not like, you know, some of the other crashes we've had where they've been all over in a couple of weeks, painful, but over quick. This one's just dragging on and, you know, until Putin dies, um, it could carry on being pretty horrible. I think there'd be a victory parade if he were to be to, to accidentally die, should we say. Um, anyway, uh, we don't want to stray into politics too much. Um, what other news do you want to talk about, Phil? Uh, well, there's been a couple of results. Uh, Trackwise Designs, that's on AIM, TWD, 17 million. They've got uh, print circuit board technology and they had a trading, what have we got? Trading update from them. Um, growing number of opportunities, but short term, due to really reduced demand in EV OEM customer demand. I was quite surprised at that actually. Sales expect to be below market expectations. So that doesn't look um, too good, but um, nonetheless, they've got quite interesting tech in there. So we shall see. Uh, Cloud Coco, we've looked at that before. It's time that one, it's in cloud services. Um, and they came out with the interim statement. Uh, their revenue was 11.6 million versus 4.1. 
70% uh, from uh, recurring contracts. I think there's an acquisition in there as well to help drive up growth. And they, the gross profits were up to 3.5 million versus 1.6. So that is OK. Uh, and EBITDA of about 0.4 million. So progressing. Quite like the management well. that, okay, don't we? I mean, he's, he came from Red Centric and yeah. has some pretty interesting ideas. Um, so I think, I mean, you know, the funny thing is, it's obviously quite a small company. I wouldn't say there's a lot of liquidity, but it's yeah. probably one of the better performing tech stocks. It's only down 18% year to date. Um, that's pretty good, isn't it? Uh, um, yeah, it is. Yeah. And actually, if, if you look at it on a two-year basis, it's actually higher than it was two years ago. So to me, that's actually quite a winning stock. That's, that's it. You know, and you compare that with your TrackWise, which unfortunately you don't you don't even want to look at the chart in TrackWise. I mean, you know, two years ago at the start of 2021, uh, it was trading at about 350p. Today it's down at 47. Oof. Well, no oh dear, that is not so good. Right. So apart from that. Um, nothing else in particular caught my eye. I know we've got this sort of all the US results are going to be coming through under in early July. So we'll be watching out to see what they've got to say. Um, yeah, I'm, pop, yeah, I can't well, we, I'm happy to call it a day. I say it's such yeah. a tremendous day in the market. Most people will be hiding behind the sofa. Um, don't come out. Just listen to this one behind the sofa. I don't recommend coming out. Very good. As usual, if anybody wants to uh, make any comments about what we've said, please do uh, email us directly or, or Twitter us directly or anything like that. If anybody wants us to talk about anything, uh, then feel free to put suggestions to us. We're always interested in that. And of course, if anybody wants to pay us lots of money, then feel free to do that as well. Not that I'm expecting you to. We do all of this for free. Uh, we are broker exempt under MIFID 2. Um, we'll speak again next week. We will indeed.